0: I was eight years old when this happened in 2008 my father was a high level police officer in chicago at this time due to his status in the forest and current employment i don't want to give his real name so we'll just call him jim when jim was working he had made a lot of enemies including some with the mob the chicago outfit one of the members of the mob had blamed Jim for the death of his girlfriend in a gas-triggered explosion since he had showed up too late to get her out. Well, after this happened, multiple attempts were made at taking his life, including attempts made by fellow officers who had been paid off. So, one night while my dad is at work, my mom gets a phone call, and once she picks up, her face loses all color. She didn't explain what was happening, but I overheard something about our home being a target. I had tried to calm down my little sister Barb as she had began crying. My mom had us each pack a backpack of all of our stuff and we were quickly escorted to a private location. I was really scared because it looked like a dingy factory and as I turned around to ask my mom to leave, I saw him, a tall strong man with burn scars covering half of his face. This was Harvey my dad's old friend, and he was pointing a fucking gun at us. With the gun pointed at my mom's head, she was instructed to call my dad and tell him to get over here without the police, or else all three of us would be dead. I sat there shaking, holding back sobs as my mom tried her best to calmly tell my dad where to go. After about ten minutes, I had seen my dad running towards us, screaming and begging Harvey to let us go. Harvey said something about taking revenge for his family, but I had trouble understanding what he had said over the cries of my sister. He then told my dad that he was going to kill one of us, and he began pointing the gun at my mother. As my father begged, Harvey grabbed me and then pointed the gun at my head. As my father begged, I could hear Harvey's palm begin to tighten his grip around the trigger. Harvey told my dad to tell me it was all going to be okay, and he did. This man was so sick and twisted that he wanted to see my dad humiliated before he killed his only son. As I then began to pray in what I thought were my final moments, I had felt his grip loosen, and I was free. Apparently, my dad had told a trusted law enforcement partner of his to come with him and stay hidden. Well, little did I know that he had a history with losing family, and upon seeing me almost killed, he then got behind Harvey and then tackled him to the ground, disarming him. Upon being tackled, he had hit the ground really hard, and he hit his head, then dying upon impact. I was so relieved that the situation was over that I began to sob as I held on to my dad. Since these events, we've moved away, and my dad eventually became a professor. Life is much better now, and I'll never go back to Chicago again. This happened on the night of my little sister's 18th birthday. It was me, her, and our older brother and someone else. We were going on the north side of Chicago to go to a strip club. Our brother found a parking spot and then told us that we can just go in while he's taking a piss. We decided not to go though and just wait for him. While we waited for him, my sister was passing out edibles. Our brother reunited with the group and my sister then gave him the last piece. We had started to walk to the strip club, when we then heard a car coming out of an alley pulling up behind us. He yelled out to us, Yo, what are y'all doing here? I already knew what was going to go down just by that question alone. We all ignored him and just continued walking. Then he yelled out another question, Hey, y'all no see? And he asked us twice, I then whispered to my brother that my gun was in the car. Literally as soon as I said that, the dude in the car started shooting at us. As we were running, my brother tripped and then got right back up. I turned on a busy street and I had seen the other person follow me. As I made a glance, I had seen my sister kept straight into a darker block. I instantly got scared for her. As I kept running. I had seen my brother across the street running in the same direction that I'm running. We ran right past the police. I felt like I was being followed, and I just kept running. The person behind me had told me to stop, but I ignored them. I saw a Walgreens and I told her we can go there. We went in the store, and I'm waiting on my brother, but he never came. I then called my sister to see if she was good. She ended up going to an alley and had seen a Chinese worker, and she had tried to get help but he had shooed her away. I told her where we were, that we were at the Walgreens. I then called my brother to see if he too was okay. Well, he ended up going to the strip club, then telling security what happened. They eventually came to the Walgreens to get us, and I felt like we were being watched. There was a whole lot of people looking at us. The police ended up escorting us to my brother's car, and I was really worried that his car was broken into and my gun was taken. We got to the car and then got home. I was holding my gun in my hands throughout the whole ride. Thank God we never actually got hurt and nothing else happened, but still, that was a really scary experience. So a little background info, after my 8th grade year, my family had moved from Chicago to Arizona. I was a bit of a chunky kid due to childhood trauma, but that's a story for another time. My freshman year, I would become anorexic. I had stopped eating and focused on my PE classes. If I ever did eat, it was crackers and a Snapple, and it actually resulted in me dropping a lot of weight. The lovely family I had didn't notice that I wasn't eating, but it really praised me for losing weight, which resulted in my mother buying me a new wardrobe for summer, which consisted of tank tops, mini skirts, tube tops, you get the point. So now for the story. I go home to visit my grandma and other family every summer during high school who still live in Chicago. This took place the summer right before my sophomore year, so I was about 15. Puberty had hit hard, and of course, men took notice. I had an on-again, off-again relationship with a guy I dated since I was little, who was a little controlling, picking out my clothes and trying to say whatever I could wear and couldn't wear, etc. But at my young age, I didn't feel like I had a choice. I mean, he was my first love. One day, I'm headed around the corner to a restaurant called Maxwell's, Keep in mind my grandmother lives on the south side of Chicago, which can be a little violent, but I was used to it, and it felt like home. I get to the restaurant and place my order at the counter, and there's this guy standing off to the side, staring at me. Now this place isn't a typical restaurant. It has two doors right across from each other. When you walk in there's a long counter to your right with thick plexiglass about two inches thick to protect against gunshots and then the door across from you that you can exit anyway this guy's staring at me after i place my order i'm trying my best to avoid eye contact as a 15 year old girl who's five foot three and 130 pounds i figured it would be best to stick to the one side of the room until my order was fully ready He slides over and then says, Hey, what's up? What's your name? I look up and I stupidly give him my first name. He says that his name is Eric and he continues to stare. Me feeling awkward. I'm just like, okay, cool. He says he's 28 and he asked how old I am. I tell him I'm 15 and he immediately flips a switch and calls me a liar. I tell him I'm not, that I'm in high school, just visiting my family from another state. He got really close to me and right in my face. His breath smelled of still cigarettes. I slide back instinctively right against the wall, trying to make eye contact with the other guys behind the glass. They notice I'm uncomfortable, but they don't say anything. He repeats that I'm lying, and that if I didn't want to talk to him, I should have just said so. Right at that time, my order came up. I grabbed my food and then ran outside the door. I could hear his footsteps from behind me. I tried to cut through the alley because I know I could hit my boyfriend's backyard before I could get back to my grandmother's. The guy still behind me yelling my name and calling me all types of names. Unknowingly, my boyfriend being the guy who he was had watched me walk to the restaurant, and he was actually keeping an eye on me. And he saw the whole situation i was in then stepped forward the guy backed off and then headed back towards the restaurant of course my boyfriend blamed me insisted that i was leading the guy on or flirted in some way i know better now and i'm no longer in that same relationship but i will admit it was the one time i was grateful that he was keeping an eye out on me I would say that I live in one of the most unsafe cities in the US, that being Chicago. Although the south side where I live has a lot of crime, I live in a community that consists of a lot of police officers and firemen, so I have the luxury of not being constantly concerned for my safety. From time to time, people wander in from the surrounding less safe neighborhoods to rob or rough up some kids, but it's far and few between. For reference, I live in a really small house that I rent. I, a 21-year-old female, along with my two younger sisters and my mom, live here alone. Occasionally, I'll have my boyfriend over, but it's rare that men enter our house and we have no dog. Around April, my mom tells me that her and my sister had seen a man walking up and down my block with a black hood up, and that I should be on the lookout my mom grew up in one of the bad neighborhoods of chicago and as a result she's often paranoid about dumb stuff so i just ignored it the next day i pull up to the front of my house and i see a man in a black hood standing next to my neighbor's garbage cans i can't see his face but he has a bigger build and around average height he had a bag with him and you can tell he was just trying to seem normal as soon as I saw him, I got a huge sinking feeling in my stomach and I felt nervous. Luckily, my boyfriend was with me and he started to briskly walk away as we were exiting the car. I tell my mom and she gets even more freaked out. And as rushed to leave, this man left the bag that he had with him. As I looked inside, I could see a bunch of snacks, some half eaten and some unopened. This creeped me out. What was this guy doing? Eating snacks and watching my family? Fast forward a couple of hours and it's dark now. My mom is thoroughly paranoid so she keeps looking out the window just to make sure that the sky isn't creeping around anymore. At about 8, I hear her scream for my boyfriend and I look out the window. We come running over and we look out to see the black hood guy across the street staring directly at our house. He has his hands deep in his pockets and he's clearly looking into the house. My mom calls 311, which is the non emergency number, to then report it. As the cops pull up, the man walks fast down the alley. I figured that an innocent person would just stay and talk to the police, and the fact that he keeps hiding his face and running when people see him now has sufficiently scared me. As the night goes on, we continue to see this man walking or staring into our house. We keep calling the police to report it, and every time they show up, he evades their questioning by walking or running away. This goes on until 2am, and the police eventually tell us they'll just keep circling. So, the next day, we see the same man walking around our house again and staring into our house. At some point, the neighbors start to notice as well, and they also call the police. After a week of this, the guy stopped coming around. I am so thankful for our neighbors who made him feel watched and therefore finally leave us alone. Now I'm always worried whenever I come home late at night or that he may be following me. After all, the hood had prevented me from ever seeing his face. For all I know he might be following me in a public area and I have no idea. All I can say is that he's definitely made me more hyper aware of my surroundings. This happened when I was only five years old, so most of the information I gathered was through my parents. I lived in a middle-class neighborhood in Chicago in a two-bedroom apartment with my parents. The apartment building was gated and you needed a passcode in order to enter through the front. The backside of the building, however, was open and led to the alleyway where residents could throw out their trash, which is common in Chicago. My upstairs neighbor was a woman around 40 years old who had lived alone with her cats. Yeah, I know, a cliché, but she was a sweet lady. One time she went on vacation and asked my parents if they could feed her cats, and she left them a key. While she was away, my dad tried to enter her home to feed her cats, however the keyhole just wouldn't budge. My dad felt bad, but he couldn't get in to feed them until the lady came back from her vacation. My father was really apologetic for not being able to feed them, but the lady nonetheless understood and she even offered to show my dad how to turn the keyhole as she went on vacation often and needed someone to tend to her cats. So my parents kept the key on the key hook. My mother worked a nine to five and my dad worked night shifts in order to not have to leave me with a babysitter. My mother and I often stayed up and watched friends together I swear this is where my love for the show developed. Anyway, one night as usual, my dad was off at work working his usual night shift, and my mother and I were up at night watching our show. While the show played, my mother recounted hearing footsteps upstairs, but not the usual set of footsteps followed by the patter of the kitty's paw steps. No, this was multiple footsteps and muffled talking. My mother didn't hear any screaming, just heard some music playing. As this was a Saturday night, my mother just thought the lady upstairs had company over and didn't think anything of it. Well, Sunday came and went, and on Monday, my mom decided to call off for some reason or another. We were all laying on my parents' king-size bed when we had heard a knock on the door around 11 a.m., My dad opened the door to two police officers and a woman who was the upstairs lady's friend. The police, along with the friend, had explained to my parents that the lady had failed to show up to work, which wasn't like her at all, and that she wasn't answering her phone or her door. The police officer asked if my parents had seen or heard from her, but my parents said no. My dad had then remembered that he had a key, and he even offered it to the police officer, My dad then joined the two police officers and the lady's friend. When the police officer went to put the key in the keyhole, it wouldn't turn, so my dad jumped in and showed them how to open it. According to my dad, the two police officers gave each other a strange look, but continued to enter the apartment as the friend and my father then followed. They were then greeted by the cats, but there didn't seem to be anything out of place, that is, until they reached the room at the very end. When they walked in, they found the lady with a pillow over her face, blood-stained clothing from what looked like stab wounds. The friend cried out hysterically, but she was held back by an officer and my father as to not taint the scene. The other police officer began to call in the wellness check turned murder scene. As more police forensics and detectives showed up at the scene, My parents were questioned separately. My dad was asked to go down to the station for further questioning. He tells me now that it was because he became a suspect since he had a key and knew how to open the door. This was also important because there was no sign of forced entry. When they were able to corroborate his alibi, they let him go. A week had passed and my parents were able to gather information from the police. They said that the woman's debit card was used at an ATM where they were able to obtain a picture of the man, and they released the image to the public to see if they would get a hit on it. Apparently a kindergartner had told her teacher that her dad was on TV, and this somehow led to her father being detained and charged along with three of his friends with the murder and rape of this poor lady. What still rocks me to the core is what follows. When they questioned the men, they confessed and they told the police everything. They told a story about how for a few weeks, they watched a young Latina woman with her curly-haired daughter studying them. They knew that when the father went off to work, that the daughter and mother were all alone in the apartment. They studied the building for a few weeks, and they knew that the back side was open and led directly to the back doors of each apartment. They concocted a plan to break in to do God knows what to my mother and I. That night had finally come when they knew that my father had left. They were waiting at our back door when they heard someone coming down the steps with a trash bag. It was the lady. She had apparently locked eyes with them and knew right away that something was off and then turned to run back to her apartment. She unfortunately wasn't quick enough. That's when they then grabbed her and pushed her through her back door while muffling her screams. She stood no chance and I shiver at the thought of what that poor woman suffered through, and how easily that could have been my mother and I. It still gives me chills to this day. Hey everyone, that's about it for today's stories. If you have your own story that you would like to send, you can send it in at southerncannibal.com, or you can email it at southerncannibalstories@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I look forward to telling your story. Have a good night or good day, everyone. And remember to always stay.